Life Audio. Welcome to Gospel Rant. I'm Dr. Bill Sinyard. In this show, a special show, I'm going to be interviewing the nationally renowned counselor and neurofeedback expert, Sherry Johansson. She's the owner and clinical director of Gray Matters Neurofeedback and Counseling in Denver. We're going to be speaking about what everyone should know about neurofeedback. It's, it's very powerful, very effective. I've benefited from it greatly myself. So who might be interested? Listen, do you struggle with trauma, ADHD, depression, addiction, mood swings, suicide ideation, sleep issues, among other things? I'm going to be doing a separate show on the important concept of long COVID. If you haven't heard about it, you will. Uh, neurofeedback is part of a holistic approach, a tool and that can probably be helpful to you or your children or someone that you know. And I know you're going to enjoy my conversation with Sherry. So this is probably a good time to get a word from our sponsors. We will be right back in a moment. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hey, welcome to Gospel Rant and God's Love for the Unlovable. I'm Dr. Bill Sinyard, and I'm here with a dear friend, Sherry Johansson. We're going to be talking about long COVID. We're going to be talking about neurofeedback. These are things that, that we should all know about. I've been wildly helped by neurofeedback, so I'm excited to, to get her on. Uh, let me introduce her, and then we'll get started. She is the owner, clinical director of Gray Matters Neurofeedback and Counseling in Denver, that provides a holistic approach to mental, spiritual, over, overall well-being through counseling, neuromodulation, neurofeedback. Don't worry. We'll talk about some of those. Uh, t- she does training, mentoring. She does internships, QEEG analysis. She's a, a national expert on that. Uh, credentials among her many credentials are LPC and QEEG-D. She is a national recognized leader in, in the growing neurofeedback field. And she was wildly helpful for me. I struggle with sleep problems, or I did. I, I struggle so much less now. Thank you. Turns out I had at least one concussion, maybe two, and uh, neurofeedback was ridiculously helpful. So during the pandemic, Sherry began working with clients with cognitive autonomic nervous system dysregulation due to COVID-19, uh, long-term systemic effects. And that became known shortly as long COVID. Maybe you've heard about it. If not, you should. After 15 months of works with those clients in December 2021, she contracted the Delta variant, she'll tell us more about that, of COVID with COVID pneumonia. She ended up hospitalized when her oxygen uh, levels fell into the 70% range. 
Uh, long story short, she had difficulty breathing, vascular issues, fatigue, neur- neuropathy, COVID onset, diabetes, general brain fog. And good news is she's on the mend, and uh, hopefully she's going to help people who are struggling with this now. And you may be struggling and not even know about it. Now, according to the CDC, which from talking to Sherry, these numbers are wildly conservative, but just a tease, one out of five people who had COVID-19 have long COVID. One out of 13 of the entire population, which means according to conservative CDC numbers, Sherry, that's 26 million people have long freaking COVID. And it's it's actually, folk, according to the C, CDC, it's younger folks, the, the 40 to 50s, the 40s to, to 60s who, who have it worse. Women, twice more than men. Hispanic community is the worst hit for, for some reason. So, uh, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting conversation, and I'm sure it's going to generate a lot of questions for you and, and, and for us. By the way, I also want to give a shout-out to her husband, David. Sherry and Dave are longtime dear friends of my wife and I. They're devoted Christians and just flatly just good people. So, Sherry, welcome to the program. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> um, we might get two shows out of this. I hope we do. Um, well, there's certainly enough material. We, we could talk about a lot of things. Um, so before we get into your story and long COVID, can you tell us some more about neurofeedback, just lay version of it, uh, stories that you can talk about? You can use my story of people that, that have been helped, kind of the process. What is it? I mean, it sounds kind of, you know, scientific. Well, it kind of is. Um I can talk about how I got into neurofeedback. You know, okay. my, my, my son was in preschool and, you know, I got the call and I knew that they were going to say, we need you to medicate your five-year-old for ADHD because right. it runs in my family. And I got on the search for uh, alternative to medication for my five-year-old. I didn't want him on stimulants. But our first stab at neurofeedback was not very successful. Um, and it took me a while to understand all the reasons why. We tried it again um, years later, and we found somebody who knew how to read the raw EEG. And all that means, if, if you've ever seen your EKG, you know, don't, 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 it's got a rhythm. Well, the brain has hundreds of rhythms, so it's very complex, but an EEG will show you all of these different, we call them brain waves, but they're all these different rhythms. And those rhythms um, determine what brain state you're in and how you process information. When we found somebody who actually looked at the raw EEG, she explained it to us and she said, here's how you modulate, you know, it's, it's like biofeedback. If you've ever, uh, almost everybody has a smartwatch. Um, mm-hmm. And on that smartwatch, you have all types of biofeedback features. So if your heart rate's too high, it will give you a breathing app that will help you breathe to slow down your heart rate. You can reduce blood pressure this way. Um, mine is a Fitbit, and it has HRV, which is heart rate variability training, on it. And that is a biofeedback for Um, reducing anxiety. Mm -hmm. So most of us are wearing biofeedback devices on our wrist these days. Mm. And neurofeedback is biofeedback on those brain waves I was talking about. Mm -hmm. 
So it's looking at your brain waves and making adjustments. It's a learning um, paradigm. So operant conditioning. So think about training your dog, Fido. Fido sit, and every time Fido sits, you give him a treat. Mm-hmm. And after a period of training, Fido sits the rest of his life every time you say sit. That's operant conditioning training. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing on brain waves. The brain waves, if we have um, sleep waves, which yeah. head injury, including COVID, causes us to have an increase of of what's called alpha, our slow waves. Um, if we have too much of those, we have brain fatigue, brain fog, our mm-hmm. cognitive processing gets slowed down. And we can see in the EEG that those alpha waves are using way too much power when we're awake. Mm-hmm. And so we show the brain that activity and we reward the brain for reducing that activity. So how do we do that? Well, the brain is the biggest pleasure-seeking organ in the body. Surprise to some, but it is. And when when we give it stimulation through uh, games, videos, watching a movie, um, yeah, that's, that's all I did. Is I just sat, I just sat in the chair with the net thing on, with the, with the, the uh, whatever on it, and I would watch movies. That's that's it. Yeah, and they would fade and in so and out. The, that's right. If you weren't doing what, you know, if we set that bar to reduce that alpha frequency and you popped above that, your screen would go dark. Mm-hmm. So we're rewarding the brain with stimulation with, through entertainment for doing what we're asking it to do, which is reduce that slow wave frequency. Mm-hmm. And then we get so many repetitions over time. Learning is repetitive, just mm-hmm. like the training of the dog. So. If we're training an alpha, which happens 10 times in one second, you know, we get, we get 600 repetitions in a minute of training alpha. So we get 600 repetitions of telling that alpha to go down, go down, go down. Over time, it starts reducing its power. It builds a new synaptic pathway that is hopefully in a faster frequency. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's really training like learning multiplication tables or learning to play piano it's repetition over and over and over and the reward is my brain is working better i can process better i you know it will go into different states on demand and so i think i'm better looking to, after the whole process too i mean it, it... <laughs> I, I i think it works that way too so <laughs> if you you know if you're having sleep problems yep. um you know that in your case, it was a, a fast beta wave, a wakefulness drive over the mm-hmm. central part of your brain that that when you close your eyes, your beta is the chatter of your brain and it doesn't oh. want you to go to sleep, but it doesn't totally. want you to stay asleep. So when you come out of a REM cycle, you're thinking, 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 you wake up and you can't go back to sleep. Totally so what right. what we did with you, yeah, we reduced the power of you, your brain learned to reduce the power of those beta waves mm. so that you could drift into sleep when you close mm-hmm. your eyes. So mm-hmm. that's one example. Well, I gave you two examples. I gave you the reduce alpha or in your case, reduce beta. And now, I also we, had a concussion that you noticed from the, the, mm-hmm. the brain mapping, which I, you know, I played football mm-hmm. often without a helmet, so that makes sense. But what, what does this do for, <laughs> for concussions? So think about 
any brain injury, a concussion is a brain injury, think about the brain as three pounds of electrical chemical jello inside <laughs> of our skull, a hard bowl. <laughs> and if you hit hard, even in a whiplash injury, mm -hmm. and your brain bounces against that hard surface, mm -hmm. or in my mother's case, she fell and you know, hit the back of her head on the ice and got a, you know, big old goose egg. But you can also see that um, the brain is very self-protective. And so if it is threatened with a bleed, a bruise on the brain, you know, if you hit your hand, you're going to get a bruise. Well, this, the, the brain's sensitive too, and it wants to self-protect. So it's going to turn off its electrical firing or slow it down to prevent a bleed. Because if you have fast waves, a lot of stimulation, you know, if I kept doing this to my wrist, mm -hmm. a lot of stimulation, pretty soon this area would turn red because I'm actually asking more blood flow and metabolism mm -hmm. to come to this part of my hand through the stimulation that I'm doing. Well, your brain, fast waves are very stimulating. And so the brain slows down its firing into those sleep waves mm -hmm. when we get an injury to prevent a bleed. So what happens is... When we have a brain injury, if it was severe enough and the brain turned off, put, put that into a sleep frequency, then the brain stays in that sleep frequency even when you're needing to process information in the area of the injury. And so people, you know, if you get hit on the front left part mm -hmm. of your brain, mm -hmm. you will have verbal fluency and word finding problems because that's what's processed there. You know, if it's if it's back here more, maybe it will be uh, short-term memory recall. If it's even further back, you may lose mental math ability. So this is probably a good time to get a word from our sponsors. We will be right back in a moment. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. They're, In our first session, different. you were able to say, I mean, almost prophetically, so Bill, do you struggle with such and such and such and such? And it was, it was like, oh my goodness, yeah. 
Yeah, so so a lot of people think I read poems. I don't. I right. read brainwaves. I recorded your EEG. I spent several hours saying, oh, this is what I see here. Mm -hmm. This correlates with a problem here. This high beta at the top of your head correlates with a wakefulness drive. And so I can sit down and say, you're likely to have this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Does that match your symptom? And when you say, absolutely, then I know what my targets are for training your brain. Hmm. I'm going to use those areas, and I know which frequencies need to go down, some hmm. frequencies need to come up, hmm. and we build a new pathway over time that is permanent learning, just like riding a bike. Now, you're also a trained work. counselor. That's That really was your, your, your thing. So you don't do this just yeah. by machine. It's not an AI kind of thing. It's, it's you're also talking about the person's emotional stability and relationships and, yes. and uh, trauma that has happened in youth and in relationships, right? We have known for years now that neurofeedback is one of the top interventions for trauma. Um, and so, you know, if, it, if there's a problem in the brain neurofeedback should be the first place that you go to to look for um, how to change that. Um, mm. I, I am a therapist. I've been a therapist 30 years. Um, I'm a holistic, uh, I have a holistic approach in my therapy as well. Um, mm. But what I noticed was there are people who do everything that you ask them to do, whether it's cognitive behavior, or, you know, um, rational, emotive, you know, all the different types of therapy that you bring to someone. And if they're doing those things and they're not getting better, mm -hmm. it's, it's futile to keep pressuring them. You know, we were, we were taught in school that people are resistant to therapy. I've never had somebody come and pay me a lot of money and then not want the help that I'm offering them. It's, yeah. I've just never seen it happen. So when I've had um, a situation where people are doing these things or they can't do those things, but they're trying to do those things. I know that they have a brain issue. And if I, if I go to the brain and I can see that problem, then I know I can help them. Um, and, and all the talk therapy in the world will not help you sleep better. All the right. talk therapy in the world will not. I mean, I'm an ADHD or myself. I all I had the best talk therapy. My mom became a reading specialist because of me. I had all of the coping mechanisms known in the world for ADHD, and I managed fairly well. But it did not rid me of my attention deficit disorder. Um, it did not make school easier. Um, you know, I was just doing three hours of homework. Um, same yeah. thing with with my kiddo. And so what happened back circling back to my son is when we found the right person who understood how to read the raw EEG and how it correlated with his symptoms, then she was able to show him his brainwave. And this was a young kid. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he was able to modulate those. And he still couldn't do multiplication tables in, you know, sixth grade. And, you know, mm -hmm. by high school, he was in higher math. And I, I tell people all the time, um, I'm still amazed because he graduated a year ago from engineering school a year early, um, so Calc 5 and Parabolics and all these, these math things that we would have never never dreamed he could do. Um, he graduated early and got his dream job designing cars for Honda. So this is something, you know, even 10 years ago, I wouldn't have imagined was 
possible for him. Mm -hmm. So after I got my kids through neurofeedback, I went through neurofeedback. And I can even, my daughter's, um, my daughter's adopted and um, had all kinds of diagnoses by the time yep. she was three years old and they wanted to medicate her. And so we were looking for something um, for her as well. Well, she ended up, when we saw the EEG, she didn't have attention deficit disorder. She didn't have um, intermittent explosive disorder. What she had was temporal lobe seizures, which are, hers were absent seizures, are really, mm -hmm. some people call them silent seizures. So she didn't have the body shaking. What would happen is when she got overwhelmed, her pupils would dilate. So we knew something weird was happening but she would just fly into these emotional meltdowns. Hmm. And so we were dealing with those, I mean, from birth multiple mm -hmm. times a day. And, and we had sought all types of therapy, um, you know, OT, mm -hmm. vision mm -hmm. therapy, mm -hmm. behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, uh, you know, all of the above. We had been to the reactive attachment specialist mm -hmm. um, yep. here in Denver. We had, we had done all of those things. We take her to, you know, neurofeedback and she says, oh, your daughter's having, you know, uh, silent seizures or absent seizures. And because of the area that it's in, it's associated with the amygdala. And mm -hmm. so she goes into fight, flight, freeze very easily, at, 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 triggered very easily. And it was like a light bulb went on. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is the answer to mm -hmm. all of the problems. And, and it was. Because within three months, we're looking at me and my husband are looking at each other going, has it been three weeks? Not not three hours, three weeks since a meltdown. And so that dramatic, those two things together happened in one summer and dramatically changed our life. We got our family life back. We had peace in our home. We weren't doing three hours of homework anymore when school started. So it was so magical to me that I was like, Whatever this lady did, not the first lady, but this lady, mm -hmm. whatever this person is doing, her name is Dr. Penny Montgomery, whatever she did, I want to bring to my clients because mm -hmm. I already recognized that I had clients that I had learned everything I could. I had applied all different types of uh, mm -hmm. therapy interventions, and these people were not being helped significantly. Yeah. And it's and frustrating so to clients. My, and that, that those were my first neurofeedback mm. clients were uh -huh. the ones who didn't respond well to traditional therapies. And so that's how I got in. And that's why I love doing what I do. Um, you know, I think my calling has always been to, to just help people live their best life. And there are yep. so many uh, variables that prevent us from doing that. And neurofeedback is just one of those tools that I think is going to be used more and more and more um, to help people remove those barriers and to be mm -hmm. at their peak performance. Yeah, you, so said that, that you said that counselors know that, that so much uh, when dealing with trauma, neurofeedback works. But I have to tell you, I've been to a number of counselors and they don't know that. Well, <laughs> then they're not listening to Bessel van der Kolk, who's the number one trauma therapist worldwide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, I want to say it was probably six or seven years mm -hmm. ago. He got in trouble for this. But he basically said, if you are a trauma therapist, then you need 
to be doing neurofeedback because it is state of the art. It is the most effective for treating trauma. And I still have that on a recording somewhere, but he, it got taken down. He got in a lot of trouble for saying that because it was offensive to a lot of people. But so back to trauma. So, so, so when we say trauma, just to be clear, first of all, Technically, zero to 10 scale, we're all traumatized because that's what this world does. It beats us up relationally. If you've been through teenage years, you're traumatized. But so much of our trauma is is in that year's third trimester to to year two, uh, the ACEs. But even just neglect, a a child's brain is going to have trauma that's going to be attached with their inner working models that's going to be affecting them. What you're saying then is basically, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is we could all use this and it would make a big difference in our lives. Yes. Um, I think most people would benefit. You know, I've recorded a couple of EEGs. Um, One is another friend of ours who was moving to take over um, a counseling practice in a different state. And, you know, she was past 50 and thought she needed a little Um, Mm tune-up. She had a pretty neurotypical EEG. But she would say, um, you know, she felt much sharper. I mean, hers was more peak performance training. She didn't have a concussion. She didn't have a sleep issue. She didn't have a mood regulation issue. Mm -hmm. Um, She just didn't feel as sharp as she used to feel. And Mm -hmm. so we did about 25 sessions. And, you know, she felt very tuned up and ready to go like she was in her 30s again. You know, I say trauma at its broadest definition is just a failure to be loved well. And so you're right. Just because we live in this fallen world, Mm -hmm. all of our love needs aren't met um, when we're developing. And, And it could be of no one's fault. A mother Mm -hmm. who, you know, gets COVID and ends up in the hospital for two, three weeks when she has a newborn, then that child is going to be a little traumatized by not having the mom there. Or I just had a friend who had a Mm -hmm. premature infant and that infant's been in ICU for six weeks. Um, You know, that's that's going to be a developmental trauma of not having the caregiver 24-7. Um, in that child's life. Well, so, just postpartum it, depression. Um, exactly. That's nobody's fault. It just happens. And yet it does leave a scar, a wound, or trauma. And the brain, like you said, it does what it's designed to do. It's not evil. It's just kind of what it does. It protects itself. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and that's, I mean, how it's how we survive. So, Um, And the same thing is true in the brain. Those habits that the brain builds um, to keep us alive after a fall on the ice and a head injury um, then become a deficit to us because now our brain's not being able to process the information at the speed that makes us able to, you know, read a book and write a report on it or be able to remember mm-hmm. mental math when we're at the Home Depot trying to work mm-hmm. on a project. We need that part of our brain to turn back on and start working again. And that's where neurofeedback comes in. So we're going to have to pick up COVID on the, ne- on the next uh, the next show. But just real quickly, so would neurofeedback help someone who's struggling with addiction, 
uh, what it helped. Uh, I mean, the CDC said almost 60 percent of teenage girls right now struggle with severe hopelessness. Yes. Could that be something that neurofeedback would make a dent in? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, there are two basic patterns in addiction um, that we can see in the EEG. So I can look at somebody's EEG and say, do you struggle with addiction? Now that No, seriously. Yes. Now that may be chemical addiction. It may be shopping addiction or gambling yep. addiction. Yep. But if you have what's called reward deficiency syndrome or dopamine deficiency, you are doing risk-taking behaviors or looking for a chemical to give you that sense of just being yep. normal, not necessarily being high, but those are patterns that we see in the brain. Mm-hmm. You can see that in the brain. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness! And, and can you and, help? Can you help? I mean, is this something that somebody who's in a who's been at his twelve step program for so so long and frustrating could they come to to gray matters and feel something different? Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness! Um, one of my friends, Nick. Dogers, he's a colleague and and very brilliant man in the field. Hmm. Um, he works at a place called Florida House, and they just did completed a somebody. It wasn't his company, but hmm. um, an outside party just completed a five year study that he's going to present in June. But it's hmm. very exciting about how successful they are at Florida House, which is an inpatient treatment. Adding neurofeedback reduces the recidivism rate dramatically. Oh, he's and measured it. Yes, it's met. It, this is now a, a oh study goodness. that's um, that's about to be published and coming out in June. So it's very exciting um, for addiction uh, specifically. We definitely needed. To, we needed to do another show sure. <laughs> on sure. addiction. All right, so we're 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 over time. I do want to to get to long COVID, but I want to thank Sherry. And if you're interested, if you're hearing this, go to Gray Matters G R E Y Matters Neurofeedback and Counseling. And uh, and and talk to to somebody in the office or talk to talk to Sherry. I uh, I highly recommend her. I am sleeping pretty well. And, and uh, we we do a free consultation because I love to educate people about neurofeedback and help them determine if it's the right path for them. Well, I want to thank Sherry for joining me today. We're going to pick it up here in the next special Gospel Red interview podcast on long COVID. Very important. What do you really need to know about long COVID? If you haven't heard about it, you will. 26 million Americans are being affected by it, and some dramatically. Uh, we'll even have a, uh, a special testimony from somebody who had long COVID and is doing better and the, the value of neurofeedback. All right. We'll see you on the next Gospel Rant podcast. And by the way, on Sundays, uh, we're still on, we're still tracking on the Song of Songs. Uh, we will do the interviews on midweek podcast. I hope that's not confusing. All right. Take heart, child of God. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.